It is the crossover event of the season with the biggest game of the year coming up Sunday against the Raiders. Crossover Thursday couldn't come quick enough because we have to decide if it's going to be Justin Herbert or Derek Carr's arm that ends up deciding this one. Can both teams continue their improved rush defense? How will the Chargers slow down Hunter Renfro? So much to get into, so so happy to have Locked On Raiders host your boy Q on with us to talk about it. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. A little later, we'll be joined by David Drogmeyer, your other co-host, and we've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons, but this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys on this crossover Thursday for making us your first listen. We very much appreciate it. And if you don't already, make sure to go subscribe to the new Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But there's a lot to get into on this crossover, of course. So I'm interested to hear what Q's thoughts are on the Raiders surging defense, but also an offense that's only put up 16 points per game over their past five games. Definitely a lot of struggles there. And how important it'll be for a guy like Hunter Renfro to have a big game in this one. But I have to start the show with some good news for the Chargers because the Chargers do have tight end Jared Cook coming back off the COVID list. And for the Chargers, zero players now on the COVID reserve list. And I think that's something that I want to talk about as well. And Corey Lindsley obviously was injured in the last game, did not practice on Wednesday. So that's something that is a little bit concerning. But the Raiders did get some good news this week too because Darren Waller could potentially be back. So what kind of impact will that have on the game? But first, I just want to start with Zero names on the COVID list for the Chargers. I mean, it's been such a recurring theme over the last few weeks, and it's been getting steadily better. And so for the last few days, you've seen no new names pop up on the list, and that has to be hugely encouraging because as inconsistent as this Chargers team has been, I think the one thing that would make me feel much differently about this game is not even on the injury report right now. It's just the COVID list when that comes out on the daily basis, right? And you're just waiting to see, or you know, is a big name for the Chargers going to pop up there? Luckily for the Chargers, definitely trending in the right direction. To see zero names on the list for the Chargers is a huge, huge sign for them going into the, you know, the, such an important game, a game that's going to decide their playoff fate. So talking about Jared Cook, he's been such a frustrating player, I think, in a lot of situations. I mean, there's been some big moments where he's been unable to come through, but he also has had some moments where he did come through as well, including the first game against the Raiders. So in the first game, he had six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown, the 70 receiving yards. Ended up leading the team. I mean, he even actually had a better game than Darren Waller did. But especially with Donald Parham being on injured reserve, you've been relying on Steven Anderson and Trey McKitty, who I think have played well, right? And I think even with Jared Cook coming out of this COVID-19 protocol, they're going to, or you know, the reserve list, I think those guys are still going to be heavily involved. And obviously that was a place where they found a way to attack the Raiders defense in the first matchup. So as frustrating as he has been, I think this is something that's still a net positive for the Chargers going into this game. Still a nice end zone target. Don't really have a lot of want to see him get the ball, you know, outside of the end zone, right in the red zone, like where we've seen some frustrating situations happen with him. Definitely nothing running out to the flats. No option routes that Justin Herbert could potentially throw for a pick six if he stops running it across the field. But another kind of, I don't even know if it's good or bad news, but Corey Lindsley is injured and that played a big factor. And I think the Chargers running game slowing down a lot versus the Broncos. So that is something I'm going to continue to monitor going forward because Brand Staley said that they're going to be extremely cautious with him 
early on in the week, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there was no way I thought he was going to practice this week, but he is such a big part of the Chargers' offensive line, and this defensive front for the Raiders has been impressive, especially recently. So to have him there, to have that left side of the line that we always talk about intact, the number one place for the Chargers to run the ball effectively going up against a Raiders team that held the Broncos a couple of weeks ago to 1.1 yards per carry, right? So this is something that I think is going to be huge because he is, you know, the guy that's doing so much for Justin Herbert as far as checking things, picking up blitzes and diagnosing things. I mean, he's given up, I think, maybe one sack so far this season. So to have him out there is super important. And Scott Questenberry has played fine, but Corey Lindsley, there's no replacing him. He's one of the best centers in the league. So as far as Darren Waller goes, that is, I mean, huge for the Raiders because, I mean, their offense has really struggled over the last really nine games. I mean, I think they've scored only one time over 30 in the last nine games, two times over 20. And a big part of that is missing six games from Darren Waller. So you go back and look at the first matchup. I mean, he did score in the second half. Overall, I'd say probably just an okay game by Darren Waller's lofty standards. And I think one of the things, too, that makes you feel much better about the situation is having Derwin James out there. Because the one thing Derwin James did in that first matchup was line up with Darren Waller occasionally. He also lined up with Hunter Renfro occasionally. But he had an interception while covering Darren Waller. And this game could come down to something like that. I mean, he did have a touchdown one-on-one against Nazir Adderley. That's not a matchup I really want to see, especially in the red zone, in the end zone. But Darren Waller coming back, having, you know, a guy when he's healthy, but probably undoubtedly a top three receiving tight end in the NFL. I mean, it's definitely a huge thing for them. And the Chargers just generally against tight ends haven't played that great. But we know that with Derwin James on the field, that situation and that equation definitely changes dramatically. So not great for the Chargers, but the Raiders getting more weapons back. But another guy the Chargers can hope to potentially get back this week is Drew Tranquil. Going up against Josh Jacobs in a running attack that the Chargers stuffed the first time around, they want Drew Tranquil to be back this week, or else they're probably going to be relying a lot on rookies Amin Abagmamiga and Nick Neiman, maybe a little bit of Kenneth Murray as well. But he was a limited participant on Wednesday at practice, so he's another name that the Chargers could potentially get back that could have a big impact on this game. I know he is definitely one of the leaders out there for the Chargers defense, but the other guys filled in admirably last week, not as much so against the Texans. And you still have Kazir White, who's been playing at a really really high level but there's a lot more of this matchup that we have to get into and i'm glad that we have your boy q one of my favorite hosts on the lockdown podcast network he always brings some really really good energy so they're going to get into you know Derek carr in late game situations how clutch he has been this season going up against another really clutch quarterback this year in justin herbert who is leading the way with fourth quarter comebacks earlier this year and much more about sunday's do or die matchup against the raiders i'll get into that after this but i do need to tell you guys that if I was going to place a bet on this game, which I don't know if I would because this is a crazy close game, there's definitely some props I would like only at betonline.ag, which is the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. It's the place I go that has the best odds, props, and lines that you're going to find out there. You guys can start the new year, the new betting year, off right with betonline.ag with the playoffs coming up. I mean, you have the college football national championship. You have the NFL playoffs while you know NHL and NBA are in full swing. So it's a really good time to get in on that sports action because even on sports you don't care about as much, having a little action on the game definitely helps that, especially with some of the bad NFL games. I can't tell you how many bad NFL games I've watched this year 
just because I had a little bit of action. And I mean, I was right there almost as if it was a Chargers game. But right now, you guys can even save money with Bet Online since it's the new year. You guys can go to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on to get 50% on your first deposit. That's free money to play with. I mean, the only thing better than winning money is playing with free money, right? Playing with house money is the best way to bat always. And on Bet Online, they're going to give you some situations where you can find some great parlays, some great player props bet a little, and win a lot. Whether it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, or even UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is the number one place to catch all of that action because it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up, everybody? It is Crossover Thursday, Locked On Chargers. David Drogemeyer, I am here with one of my favorite hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network. That is your boy Q of Locked On Raiders, and we are going to get into this crossover episode. A huge, monumental matchup on Sunday Night Football. This is what you dream for, Q. This is what you live for. When you cover a team, when you root for a team, you just want that one chance. And both of these teams have that Sunday night. No doubt, man. Week 18, are you serious? The very last game of the regular season, Sunday night football, prime time, win or go uh, home. I mean, it's just it, the storylines write themselves, and you're right. You don't uh, you don't want to dream for anything but this, man. It, it's very rare that you get this opportunity, so just hold on, embrace it, buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride on Sunday night. I cannot wait. It sure as hell is, and we're going to jump right into this crossover. I got some questions for you, and then we're going to flip this thing over, and you're going to ask some questions for me about the Chargers. So let's get started. While the Raiders are riding a three-game winning streak, they still have only been averaging about 16 points per game over their last five games. What has been your biggest frustrations with this Raiders offense over that stretch? You know, it's it's just been that. It's been the offense. It really has. I mean, that's the biggest issue. They just haven't been able to consistently get into the red zone and score touchdowns. You know, they haven't been able to come out of the gates, get into the end zone, then all of a sudden put together another another drive that's consistent and gets out into the end zone and scores a touchdown. It's like they'll come out, they'll come out fast in some games and they'll score and then they'll go two, three, four drives and then it'll be nothing or else a field goal here and a field goal there. And then all of a sudden Derek Carr has got to save the day at the end. Now to his credit, at least in the last three games, he's been able to come through in the clutch and save the day and they've been able to win it. Daniel Carlson's been having a phenomenal year as a kicker and he's walked it off four times this season already. He's earning that four-year contract extension that the Raiders gave him. But, man, I'll tell you, the offense that was their strength earlier in the season, and their defense has been good. It's been complimentary. But their offense that was really the strength at one point of the season is not that right now. And so uh, they would like this game on Sunday to be the game where they find their offense and get their groove back again and get consistently up and down the field. But it just hasn't happened lately. But to their credit, they're still finding ways to win games. But, yeah, that, those points per game, man, has really dipped from what it was earlier in the season to where it is right now. Yeah, there's no question about it. But you mentioned that good defense, and I think that's a, a good segue to flip that thing over. One of the most impressive things I've seen from the Raiders' defense recently is their run defense. You know, they held the Broncos to 1.1 yards per carry, put up a <laughs> solid performances up against great running backs like Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb. What has been the biggest factor in turning that run defense around? You know, that's a great question because we've been asking that as well. You know, we've been asking that at the media sessions. We've been asking head coach Rich Basaccia and defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, how have you been able to get this thing turned around to stop the run? Because they weren't doing that earlier in the season, and that was the Achilles heel. And again, going up against guys like Chubb, 
Taylor. You know, they're going to be guys that want to run the ball. The Broncos, 18 yards total. It's incredible, but they've been able to do that. Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe, they said they took it personal when they were told that they can't stop the run, that they're only edge rushers. They're only guys that get after the quarterback. They don't care about stopping the run. So they took it personal, and they said they dedicated themselves to slowing down the run. Now, Taylor, he still went over 100 yards, but in my opinion, and you know exactly what I mean by this, it wasn't game record 100 yards. You know what I mean? It's like you got 100 yards, right? You got your stats. But you really labored to get it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the key. I mean, if you're going to get the yards and let them get yards, you don't want them to just wreck a game. And so that was that's what I thought was really important was that they kind of picked and choose when when he was able to kind of get a little loose and it didn't really hurt them that much. So, yeah, man, that's been a big, really uh, a key factor in these last three wins is that they have been able to slow down or stop in the case of the Broncos the run altogether. and, And that's how they're winning these games. Yeah, I mean, it's crucially important to stop the run. I think it, it's going to be that for the Chargers and the Raiders in this game. But flipping back over to the offense here, one guy that's been extremely impressive is wide receiver Hunter Renfro. He seems to have really taken that number uh, wide receiver one role and really ran with it. He also has one of the most underrated plays of the season, breaking up that fake plan against the Chargers in their first matchup. But how impressive has he been You know, in this hot stretch? And how important how important will it be for him to have a big game on Sunday? Absolutely. I mean, he's been a key cog because unlike when the Raiders played the Chargers the first time, the Raiders haven't had Darren Waller. You know, he hasn't played since Thanksgiving and he might play on Sunday. And I'll just say might because, well, we'll we'll find out on Sunday. Maybe we'll find out Saturday, but uh, it's just kind of it's like a ramp up period. Maybe he'll have that opportunity uh, to play. But without that big weapon, without Derek Carr's go to guy, he's got to have someone else that he could find as his his security blanket. And that's been Hunter Renfro. And he got drafted back in 2019 out of Clemson. And he was Deshaun Watson's you know security blanket. Whenever he needed a big play, he'd go to Hunter Renfro. So I thought he's going to be a guy that will come up with, you know, third and long, third and nine. You need a first down. You need a, a score in the red zone. Also look for Hunter Renfro. You know, that's how he got yeah. yeah, the nickname third and Renfro. But He's been doing it this season where he is taking the role of a number one guy. He's got 99 catches and over 1,000 yards, and a lot of that has come on the heels of, like I said, Darren Waller not being there. But, man, he has just been consistent. He's been the dude that somehow he finds a way to get open. He finds a, a hole in the in the defense. He sits down in it, makes himself available, and he has been Derek Carr's go-to guy. It's incredible. I mean, it really is what he's doing. And, I mean, when you talk about – wide receivers in the history of the Raiders, and you talk about Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, and Hunter Renfro, and that's it? I mean, you're, you're keeping some pretty elite company when you're, in, when you're in conversations like that. And that's what he's in right now as the only wide receivers in the team's history that have gone over 90 catches in a season. It's those three, and that's it. Yeah, it's pretty special. And he, he runs that China route, you know, that like three yeah. point route where it's just, you know, if he has the if he has the time to run that route and Derek Carr has th- the time to throw him the football on that route, it's damn near indefensible. And, and, you know, we've seen it against the Chargers. We've seen it against many teams uh, this season. I mean, that is it, it's very, very difficult to defend, but it's always tough to see players uh, for the Chargers play for division rivals. Uh, and the Raiders have a ton of former yeah. Chargers on their roster. The Raiders defense has been pretty good this year, especially during that three-game winning streak that you guys are riding, how important have guys like Casey Hayward, Denzel Perriman, and you know even a, a Darius Phylon been to this defense? Man, I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll even say Brandon Faison as well. You know, yeah. and he, he was a guy picked up off the Chargers practice squad. All of those guys have been 
key cogs in what the Raiders have done defensively because they know Gus Bradley's scheme. They're yeah. comfortable with what Gus Bradley does. Perryman wasn't even a guy that was on the Raiders roster. He was in Carolina. You know, yeah. but the, the fact that the Raiders had injuries at the linebacker position, they said, oh, we got to go make a move. And they went and they they traded with the Panthers to bring in Perriman. And as you know, he's a guy who's often injured. Well, yeah. this year he's been pretty injury free. He's been able to battle through some stuff last week. He, uh, he played uh, after coming off the COVID reserve list and battling an ankle injury. But man, he's leading the team in tackles. He's their leader on defense. He's the guy who gets everyone lined up. I mean, he is really the straw the, the straw that stirs the drink as far as the defense goes. And Casey Hayward, coming off a bad season that he had last year with the Chargers, had a bad yeah. year. Uh, everyone kind of wrote him off and said he was done. He's been outstanding. I mean, he really is. And it's funny because we asked him in the media session. We said, hey, man, uh, you know, everyone wrote you off after last year, said you were slow, you were kind of washed and everything. And not in those words would be disrespectful, but right. he just basically implied it. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I never heard it. You know, these athletes never hear anything anybody says. Yeah, of course. They don't ever read anything. (laughs) They don't hear anything. But he said he didn't hear anything. He never knew anything about that. But he's comfortable in what he does. And I'll tell you, he's been comfortable and very important for the success of the Raiders. And like I said, Brandon Faison, I don't want to take anything away from him, man. He was picked up in the season off the Chargers practice squad because Trayvon Mullen went down and he yeah. came in and his very first game got an interception. And he's he's a guy that's comfortable in the scheme as well. Now, he doesn't play as much lately as the Raiders started to get a little healthier, but man, he's still a guy that goes out there and gives some quality minutes when need be. So yeah, there's a lot of good Chargers, uh, former Chargers on the Raiders, uh, including Phylon and, and Gus Bradley. Hey, don't forget Gus Bradley because he's, he's been a key cog to that defense as well. Yeah, no question. No question about it. And uh, finally, this is my last question here. Derek Carr, you know, we can't get out of here without talking Edward. about the, the quarterback here. He's had a, an up and down season, right? Yeah, but yeah. I think he's had some pretty clutch moments. If this game comes down to one drive to make the playoffs with the ball in Derek Carr's hands, how com- how confident are you that he's going to be able to get the job done? Oh, I have no doubt. <laughs> I have no, no doubt. doubt. Okay. No doubt. And, and that's probably the quickest I've ever answered any question. I honestly, that is when I think Derek Carr is at his finest. I mean, I really do. I mean, like you said, he's had up and down moments. But, man, 29 career game-winning drives is who Derek Carr is. That's what he's has yeah. in his career, and that's incredible. And he's won that two out of the last three games. He's done that for the Silver and Black. I mean, he's just something clicks in him. When he needs to have that one drive, when he needs to get them in field goal range, when he needs to get a touchdown, something happens and it just, I don't, I guess he stops thinking. I don't know, but he is very comfortable. And I'll tell you last week when they were playing the Colts, there was yep. two minutes left and the Raiders got the ball. And I looked at the wife and I said, oh, this is all you want. Derek Carr's got the ball two minutes, game over. And yeah. boom, it's exactly what happened. I mean, that's one of the things I'll say. I'm not 100% comfortable with a lot of things that the Raiders do. And I'm 100% comfortable with that. If Derek Carr's got the ball with two minutes, I'll take that bet every day of the week and twice on Sunday because if I lose and I just lose, I'll tip my cap and say, hey, <laughs> that was worth the bet because, man, this guy's clutch. So, yeah, I'm very comfortable with him with the ball in his hands. So what I'm hearing is is put the game away and don't give the Raiders an opportunity to win the game at the end of it. That's what I'm yeah. hearing. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that, that was my key to the Colts game. I kept saying. All you got to do is hang around, hang around, hang around. And then if Derek Carr got an opportunity at the end, he'll win it for you. You just got to have that opportunity. So, yeah, you're right. Put the game away early. All right. Well, hey, a lot of great information there about the Raiders. We're going to flip this thing on over. But first, hey, Charger fans and Raider fans, this is David Drogamire and Q, Locked on Chargers, Locked on Raiders with an incredible app. 
everyone who buys gas needs to know about, and that's Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon off your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using GetUpside. Remember, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN and you can get 50 cents per gallon of cash back back on your first fill up. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon and other big brands. Just download that free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon of cash back on your first tank. Make sure you go get that GetUpside app. Never pay full price for gas again. All right, we're back over here on Crossover Thursday, and now it is time to answer some questions about the Chargers. So, Q, it's all over to you. Yeah, buddy. David, it's always great to catch up with you. We do this twice a year, each and every year. Uh, The first time we did it this season, it was week four. It was Monday night football. It was prime time. Here we go. Week 18, Sunday night football. Prime time. Last game of the regular season. One, I just want to know, how pumped up are Chargers fans? What's the anticipation like for this week leading up to this game? Well, after that debacle in in Houston, where where they get boat raced by a team who has – you know, 15 plus players on the COVID list. I think the Chargers fans and the Chargers organization is just happy to have an opportunity. They're happy to have a chance because, you know, they had to have things break their way to be able to even get this win and an opportunity. So I think Charger fans are extremely excited. We know that all eyeballs are going to be on this game. Everyone in America is going to be tuning into this one. And uh, I think it's just a sense of excitement um, for this one on Sunday night. Yeah, I don't know how you can't be excited about Sunday night football, right? I mean, you got right. a win or get in type situation. Uh, this is what everyone signs up for. This is what I know I'm, I'm excited and signed up for as well. As far as the Chargers go, uh, they got the first one in in SoFi, in L.A. Uh, they get the victory over the Raiders. And, and now who knows what's going to happen Sunday night. But it's, in your opinion, how much has this team changed, evolved either for the good or the worse since week four? Yeah, I think the the turning point for the Chargers season was really after the bye week. I think they were very inconsistent. They had a great hot start. Then they kind of ping-ponged a little bit. Then they get to the bye week, and they I think they understood, like, this run defense is not working. It is awful. It's one of the worst in the league. We cannot move forward past this point with this same style of run defense. It's just not going to work. And I think one guy that really came back for the Chargers – and changed a lot of things as Justin Jones, their defensive tackle. When he's on the football field, the Chargers are giving up a full yard less per rush. Wow. It's just unbelievable. You know, when he's off the field, close to six yards a carry or, you know, five and a half yards a carry. When he's on the field, it's more like four, 4.2. So he makes just a tremendous difference in there. And it's his physicality. It's his effort. It's his energy. It's what he brings to the middle of that defensive line for the Chargers. So I think solidifying that run defense, also acquiring Andre Roberts for special teams. He's been phenomenal this year. Been really a shot in the arm for that unit, a unit that was one of the worst in the league. I mean, last year it was the worst in NFL history. And this year we were just begging begging them to get back to normalcy. They add Andre Roberts, they bring uh, they bring in uh, Hopkins, the kicker, and that seemed to have really stabilized that unit. The offense has been prolific. I mean, they can score at will at any time. I think that's been pretty consistent. But the biggest difference to me since that point is the run defense improving tenfold. 
You know, are you surprised that it took so long for the run defense to develop and, and even some of the, the defense in general to develop since Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach and, and he's taken over the role, uh, obviously, this year as the head coach? No, I don't think so because this is a completely different defense. And this is the first year that these guys have played in this defense. So, and also they've dealt with a lot of injuries, especially in the secondary. You know, Derwin James, the safety, is their, their signal caller. He's their, you know, he's their guy. He's their conductor of the defense. And he's missed some time this year, but they've all missed time. They haven't had their starting five guys in the secondary out there besides last game against the Broncos one time. And that was week one. So they haven't really been able to deploy the type of packages that they wanted to deploy on defense. They haven't been able to play their style of defense because they haven't had all the guys that they had in training camp and really built this defense for. So I think that's one of the other reasons. And also, like I said, you got to just give this some time. I mean, it's a completely new. I mean, Gus Bradley, as you know, was the defensive coordinator last year. And this defense is completely different than his. There's a lot more moving parts. There's a lot more disguise. There's a lot more things to learn. So uh, I don't think uh, it's surprising to me that it took some time. And it makes sense as we creep towards the end of the season that they're starting to really hit their stride. Right. And that's, you know, that's obviously a bad thing for the Raiders. They don't want them to hit their stride right now as they're going right. to such important game. But you mentioned Denver and they held the Broncos to less than 21 points. That's the first time in, I think, 10 games that they've held a team under 21 points. Is that more, again, again going back to the defense gelling and, and understanding what they're supposed to be doing? Was that more of that or was that more of, well, Drew Locke and Denver is just not very good offensively? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think the the Denver Broncos know that Drew Locke is probably not the answer at quarterback there. He, he just right. and and you you have a full complement of weapons over there. Like they have a lot of wide receivers now. Several of them were missing on Sunday due to COVID. That's something that we've all had to deal with. Every, every team in the NFL has had to deal with. So I mean, it's, nobody, no one's going to feel sorry for you. They they, they don't care. You got to go out there and perform. Uh, like I said, I think Derwin James he had a, a hamstring injury that he was dealing with for the last three or four weeks and to have him come back and, and really bring that, that, that leadership and that physicality um, and just his all world presence. I mean, he can do anything on the football field. He really helps. He's a glue guy. He really helps, uh, you know, that allow that chargers defense to operate the way they really want to. Um, but, you know, I think the key for the chargers is definitely stopping the run. If they cannot stop the run, then they can't, you know, they're going to allow their opponents to get in those nice, easy down and distance situations. You want to get uh, you want to get those teams in those third and five plus situations as much as you can. And the Raiders, you know, I was watching that game against the Colts. They did a fantastic job of getting into those really, you know, third and short situations, mm -hmm. you know, second and short situations where they didn't even get to third down. Uh, and it's because they're running the ball extremely effectively. So the Chargers have to make sure that they are keying in on Josh Jacobs, who looks much healthier this time around than in week four. Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely right. And so, uh, yeah, getting staying in front of the, the, the chains is something that the Raiders have to do. I mean, they just aren't built to have third and long consistently, especially when you got a guy like Joey Bosa coming screaming off the off the corner, coming out to Derek Carr. So they don't want to get into those type of situations. Now, as far as the Chargers and their offensive line goes, uh, I know Corey Lindsley went out with a, a back injury last week against Denver. Uh, what is his status? What do you think? I mean, how, how is he doing? I, I'm sure he's going to play on Sunday, but how close to 100 percent do you think he'll be? Yeah, I, I mean, they, they had a like kind of a walkthrough type practice today, and he did not participate. They did say they were going to take it easy with him early on in the week, um, which, I mean, that makes sense. This guy is a, a veteran in this league. He, 
has been an all pro, a very, very high performer. And, you know, those guys that have been in the league a little bit longer, they get a little bit more leeway. You know, you're going to give them every opportunity to get the rest that they need so that they're at their best when they really need them on Sunday night football. So I expect Corey Lindsley will play. He's probably going to miss some practice time, but for a veteran of his status and his ability, uh, I don't think that's going to be any consequence for him. No, I don't think so either. And like I said, I fully expect him to play. As far as the rest of the guys go and health-wise, I mean, just what's everyone looking like? I know uh, Jared Cook was also activated from the COVID-19 list, which is good because that's a big-time red zone target. So uh, how's everyone else kind of looking as far as health goes into this game? Yeah, I think the only guy that the Chargers have any kind of genuine concern about uh, as far as potentially missing this game at this point in time is probably linebacker Drew Tranquil. Drew Tranquil got injured in that Houston game. He did not play in this game against the Denver Broncos. So he's a guy that's probably a little bit more day-to-day. They also have one of their you know rushing linebackers, Kyler Fackrell, who is uh, designated to return on, off of IR from uh, last week. He just wasn't quite ready to, you know, to get back out there and, and participate. But I think this is a week where he might uh, be able to come back and play because obviously the Chargers and the Raiders, everyone that's playing in this game, they need all hands on deck to be able to go out there and get a W. Right. I mean, that's all it's about. You know, it's you've got to win. There is no tomorrow. So you've got yeah. to win these games. So you need as many bodies. And that's what the Raiders are, too. They need as many bodies as possible. That yeah, are There's helping. a laundry list of guys on that on that injury report. Yeah. You ain't lying. You are not lying. And I'll tell you, I promise you, uh, out of all the guys, the most important guy that everyone's paying attention to is Darren Waller. See if he's going to be out there. You know, he has a place since Thanksgiving. So that's definitely a guy to pay attention to. How, how about Austin Eckler? How, how yeah. much I feel like he's. His game has evolved throughout the course of this season, and and I feel like he's playing at a higher level now than he was earlier in the season, even when the Raiders played him before. Well, he he's hit a career high in rushing yards this year, Q. And oh. It's not it's not just the receiving yards anymore. You can't just look at Austin Eckler and say, oh, he's just a receiving weapon. I don't have to worry about him as a running back. If you do that, that would be a gross miscalculation. This guy is a well-rounded running back in this league. He is a weapon. He's an absolute weapon. If you get him in space... He's so low to the ground. He has great contact balance. He is hard to bring down. Even if you hit him squarely, he'll bounce off of you. He's just such a dangerous weapon. And I think looking, especially against this game, uh, the the Raiders have some great corners, but their linebackers have a giant target on them. A couple of them are giving up over 80% reception percentage on the season. And of course, you're going to use a guy who is is filthy dangerous in the open field to try to attack those linebackers. So I I expect Austin Eckler to be targeted frequently, early, and often in this game. Do you think that they'll try to use him in the same, and I know they've kind of have done it, but in the same form as like the Colts use Jonathan Taylor, where he's the the guy who makes everything go, even though they have a dude in Justin Herbert that can get it done uh, behind center? I think if you look at how the how things have breaking broken down this year, they, they're still pretty heavy, you know, around 69-70% pass. Um, they do want to have that balance, not 50-50 balance, right. but a balance to know that if they run the football and if they're trying to take away if they're def- the the team they're playing is trying to take away the run, then they can throw the football. But if they're trying to take away the pass, they have to be able to run the ball and really set that physicality as well. I mean, that's part of the run game. That's what Brandon Staley said is we have to run the football because we have to make them go tackle us. We, we have to expend that energy, energy and it helps set up your, your play action pass and your uh, ability to attack down the football field. You know, obviously in this cover three zone, you know, you're going to have some spots in the zone that are, are going to be open. So I do expect Justin Herbert to throw the football, but 
Uh, I think one thing that's really helped this Chargers rushing attack lately, Q, is that they've really been able to get another contribution from another runner, and that's Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson, over the last three or four games, has really been playing the best football of his career. And Austin Eckler has been clamoring for a guy to give him some, you know, give him a rest, give him a blow because he's a small guy. He just doesn't have the type of frame that can do what Derrick Henry does, that can do what, you know, the, the Colts running back can do. He just he, right. he can't do that. He's not built that way. So to have another guy they can bring in that can compliment him, give him some rest and still give him some good production, I think it's been a welcome sight for him and the Chargers. Now, you know, I got to ask about Justin Herbert. I mean, he's kind of the constant constant. Everyone knows how good he is, but how good is he? I mean, he just broke Philip Rivers season record as far as touchdowns goes. He has 35 now. He did that against the Denver Broncos. Uh, I'm sure everyone was fired up and excited about that. But just, I mean, how much has this guy evolved? How much better has he gotten since week four? It's it's scary. It's it's scary for opposing teams to see how how much this guy has progressed. And it really, I think it has a lot to do with the processing of the football field. I think we had Daniel Popper of The Athletic, uh, who covers the Chargers, on our last show. And he really said that Justin Herbert is an elite-level processor of the field now. He's able to really go through. In his rookie year, they said they kind of broke it down for him to where you only really had to read half the football field. And, you know, for a rookie quarterback, that, that's appropriate. But now in right. year two, with this coaching staff, this offensive uh, regime here with the Chargers, they dumped the entire playbook on him and said, hey, you're going to go absorb all of this and you're going to drown until you get it. Um, but what I think what that's done is allow him to understand what not just what he's supposed to do, but what everyone around him is supposed to do and how he's supposed to operate this offense. And it all has to do with his ability to process the field, get through his entire reads, and be able to make a good decision. And he's he's had the lowest turnover-worthy plays in the NFL this season, according to Pro Football Focus. And his average under pressure is his QB is like 86. It's just unbelievable. Wow. His ability to perform off-platform and his ability to keep the play alive and make a play down the football field. Justin Herbert is one of the premier quarterbacks in the league, and this guy still has somewhere he can go. And that's, I think, what's exciting for Charger fans and should be extremely scary for anyone else in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. You know, as long as he continues to keep growing, I mean, yeah, sky's the limit, no doubt. And if he's getting the ball off and getting completion percentages at that high of a rate when he's getting pressured, I mean, that's that's scary, dangerous. So uh, that's something that, I mean, the Raiders are good at getting pressures on the quarterbacks. They don't really get sacks all the time, but they get a lot of good pressures and they don't create turnovers. I mean, for some reason, Gus Bradley's defense just doesn't create a bunch of turnovers. They haven't created one in three games, but uh, even when the ball's in their hand, David, the ball could be in their hand and they could decide that neither one of them want the ball. Shouting out Casey Hayward and Trayvon Merrick, it happens. I've seen it happen, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, it is what it is. I'll, I'll ask you this, man, before I wrap up is I wanted to ask you about the coaching staff and Brandon Staley in, in particular. Yeah. Um, how how much does the team rally behind him when he says, I have all faith in you to go pick up this fourth down? I have all faith in you to go get this two point conversion, even if it doesn't work out. He'll stand out there and he'll still take the bullets and say, hey, that was my decision. It was a, it was the idea that I felt was good and I executed it and just didn't work out. But how much does that rally the team like, hey, we love that our coach believes in us this much? Well, I think the players, if you ask them, they want to, they want to be aggressive and they want to go for it and they want to they want to get the points. They want to get the opportunity to stay on the field. And the way Brandon Staley looks at it, I want to give my the football to my best player and I want to give him an opportunity to go out there and convert. I trust my best offensive weapon, my best player to go out there and get the job done 
more than I do kicking a field goal. And a lot of his processes are analytically driven. So he does look at that a lot, but that's his identity. If it's fourth and short, or, you know, even if they're in a situation where the game says, Hey, if I don't go for it here, I am going to lose this football game because the momentum is not on my side. He will do it in those situations. He'll do it in the red zone. Whenever it feels like it's a good decision or if it's analytically driven, he is going to go for it on fourth down because that is who he is and the players absolutely love it. I got to ask this then. I put you in the scenario. It's uh, 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 it's Legion Stadium, obviously, Sunday night. Uh, the, the game's on the line. The Chargers win the game. They're going to the they're going to the playoffs. They lose. Obviously, they're going home. Raiders same situation. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers they just got within one point. All they got to do is kick an extra point to tie, or they go for two to win. What does Brandon Staley do? Oh man, that's such a tough question. But I think that depends on on how the game has progressed up to that point. I feel like if the Chargers feel like they have all the momentum in that situation, I feel like they're probably going to go for the throat and go for the win. I, I think that's just who Brandon Staley has shown us to be up to this point. Um, and I don't think that's going to change in this game. <laughs> be interesting. Someone asked me that today. If I if I would have a problem if Rich Basaccia rolled the dice instead of kicking an extra point, you know, to, to tie the game. I mean, they got that silly tie st- situation thrown around there that I think is dumb. Garbage. But, uh, yes, exactly. It's I don't the know. NFL. These guys have pride. They're going to go out there and give it their best no matter what. They're not going to do that stupid right. stuff, man. It's exactly. Ridiculous. There's no, I can't. I mean, I can't even believe that that's a conversation, but that's actually something that that real deal folks have been asking and, and asking the head coach. I heard Brandon Staley be asked about it. Rich Passaccia was asked about it on Wednesday. It's just ridiculous. But with that being said, someone asked me, hey, would you have a problem with it if Passaccia decided not to kick the extra point and go for the, you know, go for two to win the game? And I was like, honestly, I don't think I would. You I know how I'm- it is, Q. You know how it is. If they go for it and they make it, he's a genius. Yep. If they go for it and they fail, he's the stupidest coach on the face of the earth. That's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is. Everybody would rake them over the curves of Coles if they did that. But no question. Uh, I, I, I kind of feel like I wouldn't have no problem with it. And every Raider fan is like, Q, what are you talking about? But, yeah, I just it's hilarious. But, yeah, man, it should be a fun one. I'm excited. Sunday night footballs for all the marbles. Uh, winning it in. You can't ask for anything else. Week 18. Welcome to the NFL this year. This is fun, man. So uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm sure you and the Charger fans are as well. Absolutely. And that's going to wrap things up for this crossover episode here on Crossover Thursday. I am David Drogemeyer, Locked On Chargers. He is your boy Q. Find him on Twitter. He covers, he does a fantastic job covering the Raiders. And he, he's on the radio there in Las Vegas. This guy is living the dream. He has a great career. That's where I want to get to uh, eventually. And I'm sure we will. But make sure and check into Locked On Chargers wherever you find your podcasts. Make sure you check into Locked On Raiders wherever you find your podcasts. And we will be covering this game extensively before the game and after the game. But until then, we'll see you next time.